Hello and welcome to the Me and My Golf Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Piers Ward. Mr. Andy Pradman is also on the screen as well. And in this podcast, we just wanted to talk. We kind of wanted to show off a little bit, really. I feel like it's actually showing off this, Andy. But we wanted to talk about our experience that we just had recently playing golf at Pebble Beach. It was something that we probably wanted to do it for my 40th. We wanted to do it for Kev's 40th. We wanted to do it for Andy's 40th, but eventually we did it for your 40th, Andy, playing golf at Pebble Beach. So look, this is just a little bit of, there's going to be some value in this, some experiences that you can learn from that can help you with your golf. We've got some questions as well, but this is going to be more about, about us really sort of sharing our experience. And if you do enjoy this, make sure you leave us a review. It really does help us grow the podcast and also take a screenshot and put it on your social channels and tag us in and we'll share it on our social platforms as well, Instagram and Facebook on the stories. So, Andy, first of all, you're 40 now. Am I? I, I, I don't know. It seems to, it's, it happened in the strangest year, so I don't feel like it's happened, actually. So I'll Ooh. have a proper 40th next year. That means you do a 40th next year at another go. good golf course. Yeah, we'll just have another one somewhere. So it was something that I think is pretty much the, the things that are on people's bucket lists are St. Andrews, Old Course, Pebble Beach, and the Masters. Augusta, sorry. Actually, going to the Masters is probably the easier thing to do than actually play the golf course at Augusta. And that's obviously we probably have to discount that. We haven't done that one yet. We've done the old course at St. Andrews. Maybe we can actually try and compare the two later. But why is it, do you think, that people love Pebble Beach so much? Um, obviously, it's the, the, you've got the history there, haven't you? But I think when I think of Pebble Beach, and I'm sure the listeners all, all agree to this, if they've seen a lot of the events and stuff, the 18th just looks spectacular. Well, there's a stretch of holes which are just spectacular along the ocean, but there's a certain couple of holes. And I know the 18th is a, an iconic hole with the, the, the ocean next to it all up the left because it's really tough. You've got the tree in the middle of the green. It's just a spectacular, iconic finishing hole and at, at a golf course which has a lot of history. And... Um, yeah, it's just one of those courses that you just want to play. It's in California, which isn't too bad either. Um, it's, <laughs> we always love going there. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a special place. And I think from our side of things, it's been on the bucket list. And I've been thinking about this recently that a lot of us will go, it's on my bucket list. Yeah, it's on my bucket list, that is. But how many of us are actually ticking things off and planning things on the bucket list? I thought about the other day. I'm like, well, yeah, people put things on their bucket list. But the year that we've had, it's like, well, if you've got things that you want to do and you can do them, well, look, just make sure you do them. Like just actually go ahead and plan and do them because Pebble Beach is not going to fall in our lap and come to us. We've got to go out there and actually organize it. So, um, you know, luckily we, we were heading out to the PGA and we wanted to go and play it. So we're like, well, let's just, while we're out there, let's just book a game of golf and do it. And uh, yeah, it was great to actually finally get it done. And I was just happy to be playing at the end of it because I, a week before I didn't think I was going to get on the court because I was in my wrist injury. But thankfully, I strapped it up and I managed to uh, yeah get out there and enjoy it. So it was brilliant as well. Really, really good. Yeah, I think so. I think I think yeah, you know, and even for me, I mean, you think about who we actually played with there as well. Obviously, got to play with two really good friends, two really good golfers, and we'll talk more about those guys in a moment. But I think there's the whole experience about it, and I suppose let's let's go into the actual experience of it. So what was it for you? Because I know, obviously, you really wanted to do it. And you have to be really careful with something that you really, really want. And then actually you do it. You have to be 
it's like meeting your idol, isn't it? You know, sometimes the experience isn't so good, but we know we've kind of said that the experience was amazing. What was it about it for you that made it so amazing? Was it the holes that you recognized? Was it just the, where we were practicing before or, you know, what was it for you? I'd just say it was a mixture of everything. I'd say you're playing a, you're playing a course, which has hosted a major championship that you've just seen a lot of. Um, you're in California next to the ocean in a nice climate. You're with your friends, you're playing golf. It is just a, it's a concoction of just great things all blended together. So I don't think there's one thing for me that it's like, oh yeah, it's just a mixture of everything. Everything yeah. in that, the, the whole recipe there, the ingredients are all great. Mm. And if you combine those all together, you can't not have a good time really. So for me, it was, it's just a, yeah, it's just a, a, a mixture of all, all those things put together. And the golf that we played as well was, was half decent. So if you can yeah. play half decent golf and come off the golf course and just have a great experience, then, um, which we did, then yeah, it's just brilliant, really. I think, I think you're right. I think the memories, you know, thinking about Tom Watson chipping in on the side of 17 and we were like almost like disappointed because the flag was on the front right on 17 and we were like, well, I wish it was just back left for where Tom was when he chipped it in and you think about Nicholas and how he would have hit that shot to that back left flag on 17 when he won it. That was ridiculous. I know he might have said he pulled it or some people say he pulled it. You get the, the way Tiger played 18 with the tree there and things like that. But I think the thing for me that really starts it off is just 17 mile drive. So you have to, if you just wanted to drive on the property, it's like, it was $10 last time I was there. I don't know. Um, the last twice, well, obviously when we were there just, we had a tea time. The time before that was actually in the US Open 2019. And we basically blagged our way in pretending to be players. So sorry, Pebble Beach, we owe you $10 for that. But um, we didn't fancy getting the shuttle bus in, which was going to take, take for ages. But you have to pay money just to go onto this drive. And you're driving around the coastline and you're going through these courses, Cyprus, Monterey Peninsula, Pebble Beach. So you're seeing all of these amazing golf courses. That, for me, is just unlike any other experience. I know we go to Wentworth and we drive through the property and you can see some amazing houses and things like that. That's pretty cool. That's probably one of the best experiences you'll see. But that experience is just by far the best, better than, and St. Andrews is, don't get me wrong, is a really cool town. And I think you've got a unique setup there on how you could be viewed on the 1st and the 18th and the 17th. But the drive-in is not Pebble Beach. Yeah, no, it's not quite the same. Is it? I'm just thinking about back how we started the day off Pierce as well. We we stayed the night in an Airbnb. You were just 15 minutes out in a place called Seaside. And we, for the guy, for you listening to this, we played with Chris Trott, um, works for TaylorMade and, and Matt Blackie who works for Adidas Golf and um, our tea time was 6.30 in the morning and um, it was funny obviously it was a fairly late night I think it wasn't it wasn't too it wasn't too bad but it was a fairly late night Trotty's up at the mor in the morning at four o'clock in the shower um, <laughs> and then he's stretching downstairs he's, he's doing his exercises and then Blackie's doing the same and, and things like that and um which was great because, you know, this one time you're playing at Pebble Beach, you want to make sure that you're ready. And those yeah. guys were wanting to be ready because they, they're competitive guys. And it was interesting. We'll get to that maybe in a bit as well. Maybe the difference in man mentality between those guys and us. Um, but we get into the clubhouse. We got to the, the practice area in the dark. It was just, you know, we were before even the, it was even open. We were the first on the practice area. It was just sort of, 
a little bit misty and still dark. The pyramids of balls are all set up there. And it was just in an experience like Pebble Beach, you want to fully soak it in. You want to get there. You want to warm up. You want to feel ready on the first tee and, and, and all the rest of it. And <clears throat> it was interesting because I know we talked about this and we were walking up the first pierce, weren't we? And, um, you know, we've teed off. I have a bit of a crappy shot because I'm sort of unsure of what my wrist is going to be like, how much I can push it. And, uh, and I remember Blackie and Trotty, like, oh, this is, this is great. This is, isn't it? And I think Blackie was like, I was really nervous on that team. And Blackie's a, I mean, ex-European tour player, really good golfer. He's like, I'm, I was felt nervous on that team. And I'm like, look, I didn't really feel nervous on the team. I didn't feel nervous on the team. I don't, I'm pretty sure you didn't feel nervous. No, either. no I was good. And I, the same happened at St. Andrews this year. I was like as calm as anything. And I'm like, the first time I played St. Andrews, I was pretty nervous, but I was like, I felt really good and calm as if it was just going, you know. And I think there's probably a, a, the difference there maybe as well is that mine and your golf now has changed from performance to enjoyment. Mm -hmm. Yes. So when we, me and you go out and play, we're so in awe of the, let's say, the experience that we're about to do. We're going to play Pebble Beach in the sun and California. It's like play with our mates. We're not going there going, right, I really want to shoot 72 today or better. That's my goal. You know, we're not putting that pressure on ourselves, are we, to go and shoot a good score. I couldn't care less what I scored. And it, it's really nice. Oh, I want to play well, obviously. Um, but I'm not going out there thinking I want to score well today and shoot sub whatever I'm going. My focus today is to have as much fun as possible, hopefully play some good golf and just enjoy it. So yeah. whereas Blackie's more of a competitor, maybe it's mindsets from that, from being on the tour trotty they're they're playing weekly golf and scoring where we aren't doing that. They're in the mindset of actually week in week out playing medals at the golf club and, they're scoring and, and all the rest of it. So they're, they're in a different mindset to us. And I think that adds a certain, certain level of pressure to, to playing a course like that. I think Blackie even said that he, he had an idea of he wanted to make a certain amount of birdies that day, which is good. Again, that's just his mindset. Whereas I'm there thinking, I didn't even think along those lines. I was just like, well, actually, I just want to see if I can get around pain free <laughs> and have a, <laughs> have a great experience. But it was just interesting going there. And it probably just highlights what golf is to us now, probably. Well, certainly, that, I'm, I maybe speak for myself there, but what golf is to us now as opposed to what, compared to what it used to be. Yeah, I would totally agree. And I think you have to look at Matt Blackie's going there with having played 200 plus tour events on the European tours. He reminded us of the one course that we played as well the next day. He'll be um, listening to this as well. He'll be, list he'll be, he'll be listening to this, absolutely. Listen. And we'll come to you. Don't worry, don't worry, Blackie. We'll, we'll big you up in a moment. We're going to say some but nice he, things about you. Exactly. But no, and we, and, we, and we should as well. But he will have been, obviously, he's played European Tour. He's played a lot of these fantastic golf courses all around the world. Royal Melbourne. He's, he's travelled the world playing golf. And now he's got a chance to play Pebble Beach for the first time. So this is a guy who's played 200-plus events on the European tour, which he reminded us of the next day when he played a specific, a specific shot. And he's played these amazing golf courses, Royal Melbourne, all around the world. And yet he's feeling nervous about this because 100% he's got a score in mind that he wants to shoot. He wants to play well. He did actually play really well. But then you look at Trotty as well. He, I mean, Trotty wanted to put a card in, didn't he, for his, for his he handicap? Did, yeah, he did, yeah. <laughs> so it's like he was doing that. I actually think he wanted it to go up 0.1 or whatever it is these days. 
So uh, it would help him in the next composition, though. No, but seriously, he, you know, he got this score. You know, he again wanted to shoot a good score around the golf course. And as you said, for us, it just didn't mean that much. And it allowed us to be free on the golf course. I wouldn't say we played our best golf for sure. I, I didn't actually drive that well and I didn't putt very well. And you were, I think you were okay. You were just obviously a little bit mindful of the risk to start with. I think you actually played quite well after that. But yeah, for those guys, it was definitely a different thing. And I think that let's, let's lead into this a little bit because you've got us there who are super sort of relaxed, calm, focused, no problem. That's okay. You've got Trotty who is a um, more intense for sure and wanting to do well. We'll perhaps come to that in a moment. Really quite hard on himself. And then you've got Matt Blackie, and I'm actually, I can't believe I'm about to say this because he will listen to this podcast, we know this. I'm kind of looking at it going, well, I know you've got a good job at Adidas, but why aren't you on tour still? Why aren't you still playing tour golf? Because it looks like the game was relatively easy for him. He's got a, he's got a really good short game. He's got a really good um, putting stroke and he reads the greens really well. His irons, he doesn't really do too much wrong with him. His driving is very one-dimensional. That sounds as though it's an insult. It's not. It's He knows exactly what it's going to do. He's going to hit it. It's going to be a low-ish cut, which is going to start down the left and it's going to appear back in the middle, middle right side of the fairway. He's very consistent with that. And actually, the main thing is really, he's actually pretty impervious. So if you try to get in his head, I don't think it would really work. He'd have to be playing bad and you'd have to know the right things to say. And I'm sure if we really push the button, Andy, we could find out what the right things to say would be. But with Trotty, you probably think you could get him on a piece of rope quite quickly. You know, you could you could get in his head quite quickly with a few things. And not saying that way Trotty plays golf doesn't allow him to play good golf because I think he's quite determined. But I think if you can think about yourself and if we look at the clues that we've got there with, with Matt Blackie, great short game and good putting. So it's obviously a good thing to spend some time on that. If you asked him how much time he spent on that, He'd probably say he spent more time on that than anything else. When you think about not making any mistakes, well, he's got a good strategy. When he's about to play the shot, he plays the shot that he's going to, you know, he's, he's figured out that shot. His driving's one-dimensional, <clears throat> excuse me. So he's got a shape that he knows he can rely upon. And I would say this is where I'll, it, it, it may sound like an insult, but it's not. One thing I think him and other really good players are good at is they know exactly what their limitations are. They know what they can do and they don't push the boundary on that. So if there's a hole, I'm trying to think if there was a specific hole. Let's say it was 18. He is not going to stand there and hit a high bomb draw off the tree. He's not going to do that. He's not going to hit, hit that high bomb draw off the tee. He's not going to try and play that shot. Me and you probably would because it's just more fun. You know, that's what we want to do. We want to have fun on the golf course. Trotty potentially could try and play that shot. He actually did it a nice little phase, stymied behind the tree. But Blackie, you knew what he was going to do. He's going to hit it out of the tree with a little cut. And he was not going to allow himself to get in any trouble by trying to do something that he can't do. And I think that's possibly the biggest thing that stands out that people can maybe learn from listening to this. Yeah, definitely. And it was, just, you know, it was a, it was good. I mean, when would you, you played with Blackie maybe a couple of times before Pierce, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. he made six birdies. Six yeah. birdies. Birdie the first. He birdied the second. <laughs> you know, he birdied the first two. What a way to start at Pebble Beach. Hi everyone, Andy here, just letting you know about something that we've created just for you. MeAndMyGolf.com is our membership platform that we believe is the best resource out there to improve your golf. And one of the questions that we get asked all the time is what's the difference between YouTube and the website? And the main difference being is that sometimes people can get lost 
in content on YouTube and not really having a clear structure or plan of where to go. So we wanted to create something that was, was really going to help golfers. We've got over a thousand uh, coaching videos on there, but our main thing or main feature on there are the coaching plans. And we've seen some amazing results from these plans. And these are basically carefully designed plans on all areas of the game so you don't have to think or worry about what to do. We tell you exactly what to practice each week and whether you're looking to break a certain score, fix a slice, improve your putting or short game, we have a plan that will suit you. We're even staggered at some of the results that golfers are getting from these as well and we even have a private Facebook group where all of our members go and share experiences and support each other. Real nice place, positive place to be. And we'd love to see you over there and have the chance to help you with your game so make sure you head over to meandmygolf.com and check out your free trial with no obligations to join check it out and see if you can find a plan and become a part of this amazing community i mean let's talk about some of the iconic holes as well we get to um i mean you, i suppose it starts really doesn't it the iconic holes start when you get to number seven six Six, six really, six, six, yeah, six, six yeah. really. The par five where you've got to hit over the ravine and, yeah. and things like that, which was good. Um, I don't think anyone, I don't know if anyone made birdie there, but you get to the seventh hole. You know that you know the iconic hole to come in. Seventh hole, I think it was eighty-nine yards downhill, flag at the front, and clear as anything. No breeze, no breeze at all. I'm there thinking I was a wrong club selection for me. I'm there thinking oh, just a chip fifty-two, soft fifty-two. Um, back of the green, didn't threaten the flag. Disappointing, really, on that one. And then um, yours hit the sprinkler head or whatever it was and goes fly, <laughs> flying, through the grid. <laughs> flying through the back of the green. And then Trotty stands up there, hits sand wedge or whatever it is, lands it, pat, it's like right at it, lands it past the hole. And I'm thinking, this this is just got to be spinning back. It's got to be going in. And he hits it, it maybe spins back a fraction, jumps out its pitch mark. Stay short of the hole. Was it like a foot? It was like a foot. I mean, I mean, you know, to make birdie there, to nearly get a hole in one. I think that made Trotty's that made Trotty's um, experience to go and do that round there. Really, didn't it? Yeah. To play yeah. that one well and just get it close to that. But it's good. I mean, people stand on that tee in seven irons to a. It's, it's just a such a short hole, and when the wind's up into the breeze there. I mean, you can see why it catches people out quite a severe downhill, but we had it we had, we had it easy. It was a sandwich, really, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. Well, it wasn't a sandwich. It was probably a lob wedge. Yeah. <laughs> it was probably our most lofted wedge. And Okay, so what are the holes that stood out for you? And I've got some questions in here now, which I think one of the mysteries of what was the favourite hole. So actually, Nate Faulkner um, asked a question on Instagram. What was the favourite hole for you? What was your favourite hole? Oh, favourite hole. Um, what was my favourite hole? I think, oh, it's a tricky one to, to answer that question. Um, favorite hole, I'm going to say, I actually, there's, there's, there's a few that come to mind. It's, it's, it's hard to pick one because- You can only pick one. I know, it's just a tricky one. I'm going to go 18. I'm going to go 18 for okay, me. You're going to go with Just because it, it was e it's an easy decision really for me because it, it, just, it is iconic. It is just such a good hole. I actually hit a good tee shot there. I had a really good, probably my best tee shot of the day, actually. And then I, because I'd hit the best tee shot of the day, I could reach the green in two and I hit three wood and hooked it into the, I was bouncing at the stones on the left then. But 18 for me is my favourite. Okay. I'm going to pick a different one, actually. I'm going to say, I'm going to say hole number eight. That's cool. Now, not particularly, not for the approach, not, sorry, not for the driving, because you can't really see the fairway. You're hitting a bit of a blind tee shot. But I think the approach shot's just brilliant. 
yeah. you're on the sort of let you've got a bit of a ravine again you've got the ocean on the right and you've got a great approach shot to a tiny green now for everyone listening to this if you play pebble beach the weird thing about it is that it's this iconic huge facility blah 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 and normally american courses are quite big huge greens it actually had the feel of like an english golf course because and what i mean by that is the greens were tiny the rough was thick around the green so although it was a grand golf course in a beautiful setting it was it was it was small greens almost like it was like a, an oxley park place that you're playing yeah. you're, you're hitting to small targets so your your approach play needed to be like super sharp on the money yeah. because if you're off with that you had you know you can see why they struggle around there because if you if you're missing the target and you've got really thick rough around the greens, it just becomes really hard. So that was a, a real, I, I liked having small greens. I don't know about you, Pierce, when the greens are huge, I feel it can maybe lose a little bit of character sometimes. So I don't know, I think that was a nice touch to such a grand golf course to have tiny greens and, and, and challenge, uh, challenge, challenge your approach, challenge your short game, really. Um, Depends how well you're hitting your irons, really. To yeah. decide to, for, for me to say whether I enjoy playing small greens. Yeah, you, you do, you do. And I, I, yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, I think let's let's actually go. Let's actually go through some of the questions because I think they will feed us a little bit here. And I've got a good one here from uh, Marston with all underscores between the each letter of Marston. So options for chipping out of the really long rough around the greens. So. It, as Andy said there, the greens are small, the greens are fast, the rough is thick. You have to be thinking that you've got to be chipping with your most lofted club a lot of the time because you've got to create the height and the loft and the stop to, to get it close to those flags because although you may miss, the flag might be on the right, you may, might miss the green on the left, you're not quite short-sided, but you're playing a chip shot out of thick rough with plenty of rough around the ball and you've got to stop it. Yeah. So I think that's a good thing for anyone who plays small courses, uh, sorry, small greens on, on courses. You probably need to be good at chipping with loft, especially if you've got rough around the greens. Yeah. And I think one of the key things for that is when you've got not much green to work with, the, the, a lot of people struggle with these short sided rough shots, don't they, Pierce? Yes. But the reason being is because when you're in the rough, you need speed. But when you've got a short distance to cover, you don't need speed. Yeah. So that yeah. what you need to be very good at in these shots, and it takes practice and takes some confidence to do it, is you need to be great at being able to open and leverage the, the loft on the face in order to create more speed. Maybe sometimes playing it like a bunker shot where you've got a lot of speed, almost sliding the club underneath um, the ball and through the rough. So the ball comes out fairly soft, really. And that's the difficult part when people are trying to maybe hit down on the ball with speed with a normal loft well it's hard to get it close and now the ball coming out soft you need to be able to this is why it's so hard the short game is you need to be able to vary how you use your most lofted club to to be able to change the speed change the strike change the attack angle and this is why people find it very hard there but i, re I really did enjoy i, I didn't I, I didn't really hit meant too many bad iron shots after the after the second hole so Maybe that's why I enjoyed it. But the but even the bunkers, Pierce, actually, when I think think about the, your, your, the rough around the greens, if you miss a green in the bunker, the bunkers were quite severe. The first yeah. hole, I hit it in a bunker on the first, right, it was like super deep. I didn't have a stance. I was short-sided. I was like, this is actually <laughs> really tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, it was, all, the bunk, all the greens were well bunkered, but actually they were deep bunkers as well, from what I remember. Um, 
So they were just well protected, yeah, well protected greens. I think I think I hit it one on the par five, and it was it was really deep. It was a really it was a really deep bunker. Um, and it, it, yeah, just thinking on the short game shots there, who probably played the best? I think Blackie probably played the best one on seventeen out of the bunker. He was standing out the bunker, and he he played a really good shot. I know I played one on I forget what hole it was. It might have been fourteen, maybe pulled the approach. And I've got to go under a tree, but I've got to stop it quickly. And I was like, yeah, that's probably as good as I can do. And it was about, about a few feet from the hole, but I was like, yeah, I wouldn't have been able to play that a few years ago. <laughs> that's for sure. So um, I've got to say this one in here as well. So VHT21 underscore, which one of us bugged us when you saw, when <laughs> bugged you the most when you saw us play the day before you did? That that was amazing because we saw a group of guys there playing, playing like a mini Ryder Cup thing that all got the match, the, the team shirts on. And they were they were they were quite pumped when they saw us, but I think their main thing main thing was they were just so pumped they were about to tee off on Pebble around about half an hour later. It actually would have been the original tee time. We would have had the time before that, so we'd have seen them on the golf course. But they were just so excited, and it was it was just great to see again more people out there. And watch this is a good one from Rob underscore Done Twenty Three. Which part of your game needs to be most on point to win round there? Which part of your game needs to be most on point to win? Around? I think I would know with that. I think it, for me, it would have to be the iron play. Yeah, it's got to be your approach play because you need to be in the right spots. You miss a green, it's tough up and down, especially if the if the rough is up. Yeah, you need to be. I don't think it was. It was actually wasn't hard off the tee, Pierce. I didn't. No, think, it wasn't challenging off the tee. No, it wasn't challenging off the tee. I'm sure it's a little harder when the rough's up off there as well. But I didn't find that. I didn't find it too. It wasn't particularly that long and it wasn't, I'm not like, oh, this is a tight hole. I really need to steer this one down there. Yeah. You could sort of, I felt like I could go at it. So I agree. Approach play around there. Number one. I mean, you said, yeah, it would be number one, but you, you also need to have an amazing short game. You look at Gary Woodland when he won. Um, I know he'd done a lot of work with Pete Cowan on his short game and there's the shot that he played on 17 and things like that. So you're going to miss greens around there. So you need to have a great approach play, but you need to have a great short game to be able to rescue some of the missed greens and keep the momentum going and, and not actually get it running away from you really. So yeah, approach yeah, I like play that. definitely. I like that. And there's a, there's two actual questions there saying, is, is it better than Turnbury or is it like the, is it the US version of Turnbury? We've never played Turnbury and I think this is somewhere that we should go Try and do it this year, mate, to be fair. We should definitely try and find a way of doing that because it's, it's meant to be special. So we can't answer that one, unfortunately. Um, this is a good one. Is it worth spending all the money to play there if you're a 19 handicap? 100% yes. I don't care what level of golfer. As long as you are relatively, as long as you feel like you can enjoy a normal game of golf by hitting it in play somewhat, you, it doesn't really matter. No, I agree. I think 19 handicap, great. I mean, I don't think it's that tough for a 19 handicap either if you're playing there. It's not like, oh, it's going to no. it's gonna be so much harder than your actual course you play. Just go and enjoy, you know, go and enjoy the experience. I think that's the thing. It's, go yeah. and play the golf course that Tiger Woods has won the US Open around. You're going to stand on the same fairways and greens that he's done, and that's a pretty special experience to do that. And just look, it's all about yeah enjoy enjoy as much as you can this this game yeah and we stood on i mean we, it took us ages to play the seventh tee shot all the pictures we were taking you're doing a video scanning the bay and things like that and 18 exactly the same and 
yeah, I think just just the just to go out there and enjoy that experience is well worth the money. Because as you say, you're not going to do it all the time, but you know, find out how you need to fight, save $575. Obviously, you need to get there and things like that, but it's definitely worth doing no matter what Sandy Golf you are. Cool. Yep. Well, Andy, I'm done on the questions there, so I'm good on that. Is there anything else we can talk about? I think we should just tell people to go and play Pebble Beach or go and do their bucket list things. Get, you know, whatever you've got on your bucket list thing, tick it off. And do you know what? We've done great this year because we've played... Um, King's Barnes, was it this year? That was last year. It was last year. In the last 12 months then, we played King's Barnes, St. Andrews, the Jubilee, Pebble Beach. What else am I missing? Birkdale, we're going to play that in a few weeks. Yeah. Um, we're making sure that we're actually doing the things that we want to do because after the last 18 months, it's been pretty messed up. So we're like, right, you know, things aren't guaranteed, are they? So whatever you want to do, go and do it. If you want to, if you want to go and have a lesson, go and book a lesson. If you want to get better with your golf, um, you know, invest in your game and, and really put the time into it. If you want to go and play a nice golf course, then go and book it. Go and book it. Go and just get it in the diary and, and arrange it. Andy, why did you not follow up? If you want to get better at golf, join me in my golf.com. I'm trying to well, figure that, that out. Should, that, that should be a standard. standard. Oh, people, I think people know that already, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> so I actually do have two questions for you. I would say on, on your available bucket list of three golf courses, you probably put St. Andrews on there. If you hadn't played them, you probably put St. Andrews old course, Pebble Beach and Augusta. Yeah. You haven't played Augusta. You've been there. I still think that would be the one that you'd want to play the most out of the three. Yeah. But where does St. Andrews and where does Pebble Beach compare to St. Andrews for you? Ooh, where does, where does it compare? Um, I would say that it is number two. Number two to Augusta or number two to Pebble? Um, well, I can't at the moment. I think Augusta would be number one. Yeah. I think St. Andrews would be number two. And I think okay. I think Pebble Beach will be number three. I think the thing, the way I look at it with, with that there, that's with Pebble Beach versus St. Andrews, it, Pebble Beach was an amazing experience with some really good friends. I think the things that we did, the people we played with as well, were just really good friends. And one of them was obviously careful with his brother-in-law the day before his wedding. So that was a pretty cool experience. I think there's something about St. Andrews, though, that maybe is more for the UK people, maybe. I don't know as well. I don't, I don't know. I, I think I would probably agree with you. I think I probably would agree with you. I think that's Pebble the Beach now. I think the rank, though, it, it, it's sort of, yeah. that's, that's the only reason. That's the only yeah. reason. It's just I'm assuming it's history behind that. I'm assuming Pebble Beach makes it into your top five, though, yeah? I, I think it's, um, from an experience, actually, it's a weird one because I look at the, the golf courses and I go, if I could play Pebble Beach or St. Andrews, I'd play Pebble Beach because I, I prefer that type. I, say I, prefer, I like that golf course. Yeah, I like St. Andrews, but St. Andrews from a history side of things, you played yeah. it, it's, it's, it's obviously amazing, but in terms of playing a golf course, like I just love, it's the scenery as well. The scenery, you're not walking around St. Andrews going, oh, look at the scenery here. No. You're going around St. Andrews going, this is a good golf course. The history's here. It's a link style. You're not having, you're not having any spectacular views to look at. And that, I, I enjoyed that experience more. Um, you're playing links golf at St. Andrews, which is just a different experience. But from a golf course perspective, Pebble Beach. I have one more. You've got to play one golf course for the rest of your life. Only allowed to play one golf course, Pebble Beach or Torrey Pines. Pebble Beach or Torrey Pines for the rest of my life. 
Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what do you ask me these questions? I don't know. I don't they're know. Never going to happen. Uh, I, I would say, just a, from a golf course perspective, um, I'm going to go Pebble Beach. I'd say Pebble yeah. Beach. Golf course, golf course wise, Pebble Beach. I think weather, San Diego, Torrey yeah, Pines. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So yeah. So, yeah. Definitely. Brilliant. All right. That was good. I enjoyed that. It was just, it was nice reminiscing. I think we had a smile on our face throughout all of that. And I think, you know, we've obviously got to find out. Actually, there was Matt Blackie's 60th as well that we were celebrating. So, oh, no, was it 50, 60? I can't remember now. Yeah, he's, I think he's... Uh... It, it doesn't really make any much difference now, does it, really? Um, and also, Trotty is going to be 40 this year as well. And it's kind of my belated stag do as well. So it wasn't yeah, really yeah. just about your birthday, Andy. Sorry. It was a joint one. And actually, we are going to get Blackie on the podcast. So we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll get Blackie on the podcast and chat to him and you'll get an insight to... Um, to what it takes to be a, a, a world-class player. I'm going to say he's a world-class player because he is. And obviously, um, yeah, it'd be good to pick his brains and sort of see, see, uh, yeah, we'll get, we'll get some good questions for him, Pierce. Some real yes. good questions for him. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. That, I reckon that's relatively soon as well, that podcast. We have got it booked in the diary. So I'm looking forward yeah. to that. So look, thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed that. Don't forget, take a screenshot, share it with your, all your friends on social, tag us in. That'd be fantastic if you could do that. And leave us a review if you could, wherever you listen to your podcast. Again, it just really does help us. And maybe even just send us some messages on who you'd like. We obviously do these podcasts. Who are the kind of guests that you'd like to see? Are there any topics you want me and Andy to cover by ourselves, just like this? But it's always good to know. This podcast doesn't exist without you lot listening to it. So thank you so much, Mr. Proudman. Let's get the next one booked in. Get the next what the, the bucket list in on the next one. Get it in there. There we go. Sure right. We've got to get it booked in. Thanks a lot, everyone. See you later. Cheers, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope you found some great value in it. And if you did, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend. Also, let us know your feedback by leaving us a rating or review over on iTunes. And remember, if you want to go deeper and really improve your game. Head over to meandmygolf.com and start your free trial and check out one of the many plans that are seeing incredible results. Thanks again for listening and we look forward to speaking to you next week.